0: Hello and welcome to Memorial Hall Library's Shelf Help Podcast. I'm Stephanie Smith, a reference and cataloging librarian. And I'm Vicki Murphy, the Executive Secretary at the library. And in this week's episode, we are going to be talking mostly about cookbooks, um, but we thought we would start off with, which was Vicky's idea, and we thought we would start off with kind of how Vicky got here into the library from a background more with food which is why we're talking about cookbooks today
1: well i i have a fairly interesting journey i started um with a a greek background all four of my grandparents are greek immigrants Uh, my grandfathers owned either a restaurant or a little grocery store my grandmothers probably went out to eat maybe three times in their lifetime cooked for sustenance and uh, uh, entertainment and nourishment. So I grew up pretty much in the kitchen and probably knew from a young age that's what I wanted to do with my life. And it's what I ended up doing with my life, even though it was a really male-dominated, oriented field 42 years ago. So um, I went to the Culinary Institute of America. I met my husband there, graduated 42 years ago as I said and we joined forces and got married and when we were engaged he came to Haverhill and said while we were planning our wedding why don't we go out and have a hot corned beef sandwich he's from the New York uh, area I said you're not going to really get that in Haverhill he said no (laughs)
0: well
1: why don't we open a little place and serve that and we did.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. He's Irish, I'm Greek, and we opened a New York-style Jewish deli, believe it or not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what they needed,
1: and that's what we had. Yep. So after uh, we were married three years, we opened our first restaurant. We had a one-year-old daughter. I soon got pregnant with our second daughter. It was successful right away, but it was very demanding. It was six days a week of work. We cleaned and prepared for Monday on Sundays. So after five years, we sold that business. We um, both worked in food service. I worked right down the road at the Andover Inn yeah. doing tableside cooking. He worked for several um, institutional food service agencies as well as Beth Israel Hospital. Yeah. And then he got the inspiration to do it one more time. One more place, he said to me, with uh, no seats this time, just catering Mm -hmm. and food service. We'll do it for five more years. I said, okay, but I think I'd like one more baby. So he said, okay, one more deli, one more baby, and we did it again. Okay, so fast forward. My third daughter was born. She was about two and a half years old. We sold that business because we... We were actually making picnics for people to go to the beach, and we hadn't taken our kids to the beach. So off we went, and I decided that I'd like to have a little part-time job, something Mm -hmm. of my own, not in food service. I wanted to come home with clean hands, and my second favorite thing to do was visit the library with my girls. And sure enough, a library job came up in Haverhill. Um, I wasn't qualified to work in a library, but it was a circulation job, and I was qualified to deal with the public.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And um, I think that's what got me the job, because I think I knew everyone in Haverhill from either (laughs) feeding them a sandwich or something. Yeah, for sure. So I started working at the Haverhill Public Library in their circulation department. I uh, started their outreach program until... Uh, They had severe budget cuts, Mm. and I had to, the outreach program was um, put to rest, and I went back to the circulation department, but we had several budget cuts, and I ended up here in Andover. I looked around, uh, joined a couple of other people from Haverhill here, and I've been here ever since, 17 years, and eventually ended up here in the executive offices. Part of what I love about my job is that, everyone in administration has allowed us to do things that go beyond our job description. And you like this podcast for example. This podcast
0: (laughs) and... (laughs) Among many other.
1: Among many other things. Um, Currently I have a co-worker that does a lot of craft programming with me, Jerry Dearman. We've done some uh, fun tutorials. Mm -hmm. We did a craft podcast. We make craft bags to go. We, um, We done craft workshops when we were meeting in person and we have some more virtual yeah. ones coming up but um while I worked at the circulation desk in Haverhill and for a short time here and I still get a chance to now and then which is nice for me to deal with the public I I do impose myself on people when I see them checking out cookbooks and mm-hmm. saying oh that's a good one. Oh, oh, that one uh, the pictures are nice but not so great So the few people that I've met who kind of know about my food background have asked me questions, Mm -hmm. and um, I I respect my fellow librarians so much when they do reader's advisory, and I'm not a librarian, but I can do a little reader's advisory for cookbooks. Definitely. So they're my obsession. So one thing I'm really proud of working in Andover is our uh, very substantial and generous um, materials budget. Yeah that allows us to buy almost everything that's produced and published. And I'm not sure a lot of our listeners know this, but even our magazines, uh, our collection of food and wine and travel and um, all kinds of living Mm -hmm. well magazines that we have. Lifestyle, Mm health-conscious magazines. So, um, you know, I wanted to go through a few elements of, are different cookbooks today. For sure. And um, I'm sure Stephanie will quiz me if I sort mm-hmm. of leave something out. But I, in my mind, I have a few ways to go about it. And I thought I'd start at the beginning. Sure. So if you are sort of an amateur cook, yeah. or you want to get back to basics, or COVID has inspired you to say, I can't stand another takeout meal. I refuse to eat something that comes from a plastic container. That's I feel too... Way. Um, climate and environmentally conscious uh, let me get back to cooking again yeah. um, which is what happened to a lot of friends of mine mm-hmm. and um, and I think I've even seen some cookbooks that have that um, theme going on
0: definitely or you know I'll say for me I've, I've always done a good deal of my own cooking mostly because it's a lot more cost effective to yes. cook your own food than sure. eat out all the time but, uh, but during the early days of the lockdown, with more time, I definitely got into cooking more or, like, different things, you yes. know, from just sort of, like, ugh this is basic, it'll feed me, like, this is what I have time and energy for, to, like, oh, well, now I have, now I have time, like, let me really, right, you know, cook something that's a little more elaborate, you know, with a, you know, given that it was probably made with canned food, because that's what I have, yeah. going yeah. to the grocery store, but, um, But one thing that I did get into with a recipe from here was making my own English muffins because you can't buy English muffins that don't come in a plastic bag. No, you cannot. And I wanted to get away from that. I was like, you know what? I'm home. I have time. How'd they come out? It took a while. I tried a few different recipes, one of them consistently. I followed the recipe, and they just always had this sort of beery smell. Mm Mm-hmm. More of a smell than a taste, really. And it wasn't unpleasant, but it just wasn't quite what I wanted in the morning. Was there
1: beer in the batter no. or just the yeast itself? I think
0: it was that, yeah, I think it was just the yeast. That recipe called for a particularly long rise time, and uh-huh. I think the yeast just got yep. beery, which which can be very good, but wasn't what I wanted at breakfast. Right. Um, so after some experimenting, I found a recipe by America's Test Kitchen. Yeah, Very reliable. Right. Um... Actually, in their cook-it-and-cast-iron cookbook, yeah. I believe. It was a cookbook we have here on the shelf, at any rate. That's and awesome. Yeah, I've modified it a little to add some whole wheat flour in. Um, yeah. Because if I'm going to eat it every day, I want to, yeah. you know, let at least... A little healthy. A little nod towards a healthier Yeah, day. exactly. And I've actually managed to keep up with that habit. Even, even being back at work full-time. It is, most of the time. It is a time commitment because it's, you know, it's like three hours. And it's yeah. not active most of the time. It is, right. But I... You have to be home to you know to do the next step well it, it the commitment is
1: first of all the passion has to be there yes. and i think if you've had a few failed recipes mm-hmm. you you tend to give up but i'm going to encourage people to start again and start slow mm-hmm. do not start elaborately because if you fail you're going to think it's you and often it is the recipe
0: absolutely um
1: I will say this, it, there are some incredible three-ingredient bread recipes mm-hmm. out there that yeah. I actually have one for an artisan bread mm-hmm. that I will give you, but oh, yeah. it's water, salt, yeast, and flour. Yep. I don't count water as an ingredient, but you—it it is the best artisan bread I've ever had. You can cook it mm. in a uh, Dutch oven in your oven. Yep. You can bake it, otherwise theres it, it's almost foolproof. Oh, that's so crazy. I'll
0: have to pass that along to my
1: husband. I will pass it along yeah. to everyone because I'm a bread sort yeah. of a, a... So my partnership with my husband ended up where so that we wouldn't fight, I did the baking and he did most of the cooking. <laughs> you
0: know, it's funny. We have that same division yeah. in our house.
1: It's better. Yeah. I mean, especially when we were in business. Mm-hmm. I did the cheesecakes and yep. the pecan pies and everything. It's my passion right. anyway. So that worked out well. But one trend I started to notice, and I saw this cookbook... This morning mm-hmm. from April of 2021 called Raised in the Kitchen, Making Memories from Scratch, One Recipe at a Time. And I thought if I ever wrote a cookbook, this is what I would do yeah. because my children were always at the counter with me. And uh, Stephanie can see this, yes. but my audience can't. It's a mother with her children at the counter cooking and baking.
0: Yeah,
1: And, you know, stories, uh, memories, they're all created in your kitchen half the time. I remember having some very serious talks with my girls or Mm -hmm. needing to and thought, I'm going to ask them if they want to bake cookies with me. We won't have to make eye contact. This is a touchy subject. But instead of it having to be a hard conversation, we will have a good memory that comes out of it. Gingerbread men. So hard stuff can be softened with a good recipe. But I saw a trend um, in a hole when COVID came and also a silver lining that people that were spending a lot of time together were were saying things like, Oh, we're so sick of the computer, we need to go outside and, and get fresh air. I'm also hoping a trend will come back to more basic things like teaching your children home economics. Definitely. If we get locked down again, I hope parents will show their kids how to make an omelet. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Yeah. The tools we have to YouTube now. If Oh, if we ever had that back then. Right.
0: I mean, I feel like my mom always told me if you can read, you can cook. Which is true, I think. But now you have the benefit of like, if you can watch YouTube, you can yeah, cook. Exactly. Anything you want to find out. Like, you don't even have to read. You can just Google it. Google
1: it. But th- th- that brings me to my next point. I am, am going to strongly encourage people to... Not just rely on the internet for a recipe, and I'll tell you why. They can look good, and there are a lot of tutorials Mm -hmm. that will show you how to add stuff, but they don't show you the measurements. Right. And they don't show you in time-lapse how long something actually takes. It's a little bit deceiving. Yeah. The good thing about a cookbook is that they're usually vetted. They're always edited. They have to be footnoted and... Right. Uh, sourced at the end so I'm an old-fashioned cookbook um, person the good thing about visiting your library is you don't have to say I don't have room for that on my shelf you can borrow it um, make copies or whatever so Mm -hmm. if you have a family I strongly encourage you to get out a cookbook that like this one raised in the kitchen um You will find things, especially if you're cooking with children, that are interesting, that your family's going to like, and that they're not going to be complicated because you're learning with your children. So I highly recommend that, something like that.
0: From a cataloging perspective, I'll just note briefly that we do actually, we have a call number for beginning cooking, which I believe is 641.512. And we also have a call number, and I don't know what it is because we don't use it as often, for like children's cooking, teen cooking, or like cooking with youth. And so we do actually have within the larger cooking section, sections specifically for beginner cooks and, like, child cooks. That's awesome. Because I taught my children how to make
1: bagels from the Family Fun Cooking cookbook Mm -hmm. when they were young, before they had the internet. My kids are in their 30s. And we all still remember that. We thought it would be so hard, and it was one of our favorite things, bagels, pretzels. Bagels,
0: surprisingly, like not as hard as you would think.
1: Not as hard as you would think at all. So um, the other thing is to look for, the other thing to look for in a cookbook is, and I don't want to, you know, tout one one author or Mm -hmm. one chef, but I will say this. If you see a whole bunch of ingredients that you know you don't have in your spice cabinet Mm -hmm. or you don't think you're going to use again, like curry powder, turmeric, coriander, or whatever. Even though it's an Indian recipe that you want to try, Mm -hmm. there are ways around that by getting a spice blend if you go to Whole Foods or something. And look for cookbooks that don't make you invest a lot in things like that.
0: Absolutely. Martha
1: Stewart, believe it or not, I have a lot of respect for her. She Mm -hmm. is someone that will pare down a recipe to its most basic, most necessary ingredients. And I've always liked that about her. They're yeah. very high quality, heavy cream, creme fraiche, butter, eggs. Yeah. But you will get through that recipe because she wants you to be successful at it. And then you can elaborate from there. You want to put sprinkled um, lavender sugar on a sugar cookie after if you have those things. Right. But start with the basics. Mm I
0: agree. Martha Stewart is consistently reliable. She doesn't
1: want to fail. She has her reputation behind her. Um, Another thing that I look for now, because we're all trying, I think a lot of us are trying to be more uh, planet conscious, Mm -hmm. more, uh, I was a small business owner, so I'm highly respectful of supporting small businesses, local farms. Um, There are a lot of, Cookbooks, recipes, and restaurants that are buying from local yes. farmers—it's really hard to do in New England. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to do this rainy season yeah. and um yeah, during the winter.
0: I mean, <sighs> we did a farm share last winter from a local farm, and it's a lot of root vegetables. Yep. And you can just you know, you, you know, know eat so many parsnips. You can, like, you can only eat so many turnips. Yeah, before you start wondering. Why do we grow this? Winter? I know, I know. And then you remember, well, it's February in New England. Like is. This, is, this is what you can harvest late. This is yeah. what stores well in the winter.
1: It's different than when you live in California yes, because is. you can make pudding from avocados and. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you if you care about your your neighbors and your mm-hmm. climate, there are really incredible ways to support that and we had a vegetarian uh, assistant director Mm -hmm. many years ago who was such a great cook she really was and a great gardener but she spent every single weekend Mm -hmm. in her garden and her kitchen I'm not going to lie and say it's not time consuming yeah I do the same thing but I'm not doing those things I'm making bread and I'm making rolls and Mm -hmm. pizza dough and things like that but it is my hobby right my biggest thing is that I want to remind people not to get discouraged or not to say I'm on a diet I can't cook that right case in point a very good diet came up years ago I have a daughter who started studies nutrition Mm -hmm. and I did that through school and also took a nutrition consulting course maybe 20 years ago Mm -hmm. Uh, just to refresh myself and for my family to eat better and one of the best diets on the planet is the Whole30 diet. It's just balanced. It's yeah. basic Mediterranean diet kind of eating. Yeah, my
0: parents-in-law have had good success with that, and they'll do it periodically. A lot of people have.
1: Mm-hmm. If you if There's not a lot of um, dep- deprivation on mm-hmm. it. It's very successful. So, after the Whole30 diet came out, the Whole30 diet cookbook came out, which I glanced at because... Um, if I was going to recommend a diet for mm-hmm. certain people, if they asked me or they asked my daughter and we said, you know, that one does have really good health benefits. When the cookbook came out, I said, oh, I'll look at the cookbook for you, too. And sure enough, it had easy recipes. Yep. It had things to follow.
0: Well, and I think the nice thing about Whole30, too, is that the focus is on, like, I mean, whole food. Yeah, whole so, foods, right. So there are not... And, you know, there's not going to be a lot process. of weird, yeah, and a lot of, like, weird things that you're like, I don't have this. Like, no. the ingredients are going to be, you know, vegetables, yeah. meats, things that that are not hard to source.
1: And, right, and not they're easy. not hard to can- find. And canned foods are right. not bad for you. They're frozen food are not bad yep. for you. We have to unthink that. They, right. you know, they're flash frozen or mm-hmm. flash canned. and Exactly. So the whole food, 30 people are not foolish. They came out with a Whole Food Slow Cooker cookbook. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had a Whole Food Instapot cookbook. Yeah,
0: I think I think they do. And we actually... <laughs> oh, no,
1: there's can... with Instapot recipes. Yeah. And sure do.
0: You know, it's a bit funny because there's a there's also a Dewey Decimal number specifically, like, for cooking with different instruments. Oh, there is? And so... Oh,
1: you know, where, where would when... you find this one, well, then?
0: Well, so that's, that's always the question when we get something that's like... Whole30 slow cooker. Do we put this with the other Whole30 Whole30 cookbooks? Yeah. Or do we put this with the slow cooker cookbooks? And so I think you might have to look in both places because I'm not sure that it always winds up the same every time. But if you like a slow cooker, we do have our slow cooker section. Yeah, yeah. And if you are doing Whole 30, or you're looking for you know vegan or gluten free or keto, we do have those sections. That must be well. a
1: hard thing to decide. It can. What section to put that right, in? Right,
0: right. And you're like, well, which is more? Well, like, which is more important to this book, or like, which is the main aspect? Is it really more the fact that it's Whole 30, or is it more the fact that, that it's they're
1: proposing slow
0: cooker cooking? Yeah. Um. And actually, I can probably tell by looking at the spine label on this one. So in this one, we put it in the slow cookers, actually. Okay. Um,
1: I actually found it, I think, on our uh, staging cart. So I don't know where it was going to To go, but yeah,
0: I can tell from the, from the call number that it's going to be in with other slow cookers, which I don't know that call number, but Mm -hmm. I do know the call number for diet like for cookbooks for specific right. diets, right. and this is not that number. So process of elimination. Okay.
1: So the good thing to to check is uh, in two places. Yep. If you're looking for your Instapod or your – so not only can you find a cookbook about the specific diet that you're on, but the specific in- tools that exactly. you're looking for. It's wonderful. You
0: know, believe it or not, the other day I cataloged the book. It was all about cooking in the toaster oven. I mean, oh, my gosh. Almost anything that you can imagine, we we probably have it somewhere in the cookbook. You do, because we, we have a book
1: on coffee cups or yeah. coffee cup lids. I saw that one day, and I said, I can write a book. <laughs> um, the other thing that we have a lot of are cookbooks for uh, medical conditions, yeah. and a lot of them, um, I, I run a group for people that suffer with chronic pain, and there's a lot of science behind anti-inflammatory diets, yeah. which... I try myself to stick to, and I'm not always successful at, but um, today I picked up a fibromyalgia cookbook, which just from the cover, you can sort of tell with some cookbooks what's inside, but on the cover of the fibromyalgia cookbook, I'm not looking at mashed potatoes or a lot of carbs. This looks like beef or 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 tuna or Mm -hmm. sushi. Maybe
0: salmon even? Salmon. I I don't
1: know what that is.
0: It's something rare, but... um,
1: with broccoli. So, if you have someone in your family, now this cookbook has no pictures in it whatsoever. Mm, that's that bad. tells me one of two things: it's very serious, right? Because if you have fibromyalgia, you're pretty serious. You're not going to to take this cookbook out because you're going to a party, and you're making a charcuterie right. board or something. So, um, I believe if your doctor says to you, you know, if you start cooking a certain way, you can reduce some of your symptoms. Mm-hmm. For a chronic condition, you're going to find a cookbook here for that.
0: Definitely. And I, I know I've cataloged other cookbooks on other conditions. For uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, beyond just cooking for diabetes, which I think diabetes is a disease that has an obvious dietary element. Of course, element, yeah. But... But, you know, it does go well beyond that to oh, a whole host of other... How to of other sleep conditions. better. Right, and a whole host of other conditions, too, that Allergies. we for. Yeah,
1: oh, um, no, uh, a ton. And obviously, weight loss. Yes. I mean, we have a million.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I think that when the gluten-free craze yes. came out, um, it, people just didn't stop. And mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of misunderstanding between people that felt better when they ate less gluten right. and people that were allergic to it. Yeah. And there were a lot of friends that we know that were in the business that said, you know, it's hard for us because they're saying I'm allergic to gluten right. or whatever. And, you know, it became hard for a server to say, well, can you can you eat at the same table with someone who has bread on the table? Right. It got to be a very contentious battle right. about what is... Gluten-free or gluten right. allergy. Right. So, um, but I think that's died down a little. I do see a trend to much more plant-based diets.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, not even just for our own personal health, but the health of the planet. So, that's good to know. A lot of coconut oil. Mm-hmm. A, it is so good in baking yeah. and cooking. Well,
0: we, in, in my household, we end up using a lot of coconut oil because my husband is lactose intolerant. Oh, okay. And so, I find that coconut oil... Yeah, you can pretty much substitute it one for one for butter. Yeah, like absolutely. In particular, that's what I would obviously be looking yeah. to substitute yeah. out, since he can't eat butter without taking a pill. So yeah. I find, especially sometimes for savory things and certainly for, for sweeter things, yeah. You know, subbing out coconut oil for butter in you can equal do amount. Yeah, I haven't had a problem yet. No, and if you, I make
1: blueberry muffins with mm. coconut oil just because mm-hmm. we don't always have butter. Of course, yep. in cooking school, butter was—you never substituted it for anything. Yeah,
0: I mean, it—it it doesn't have the same taste. No, it but does you know, not. You're still. If you have to sacrifice delicious.
1: something and you don't feel well with right. the other, but. Um, but if you're making a blueberry muffin, you really want the blueberries right. to come out, not the the, not the shortening. Right. So but you know, if the better you become at cooking, the better you become at substituting and um, provisioning for mm-hmm. a different um so I think you know don't go don't go by the picture on the cover too, or a catchy name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's called Holy Sweet, and um some of the pictures in here are amazing. Stephanie yeah. can look at them. They're so perfectly cut and garnished and styled. Don't forget now with um, with what you can do with uh, food styling, mm-hmm. digitization of pictures and everything, your pictures are not going to necessarily look like this.
0: In fact, just this morning in, in technical services, uh, one of our coworkers there, Virginia, who has a background in photography, was saying she had done a course once on on commercial photography with, you know, part of that on cookbook photography and she was saying, you know, they just they have so many tricks they can use to really get the picture to look just right. Oh yeah. And like it just you know, then you make it and you wonder why it doesn't look like that. Yeah. And it's like, well because you you haven't done all you know this whole list of things that a professional photographer is going to do to really make it look Oh, it
1: food styling is huge. Yeah. So when we were in culinary school, everything we made had to be edible. Right. Even in our um garde manger classes. Mm-hmm. But in my later years when I saw some magazine shoots, I actually saw people put shellac on a turkey. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so you know, in school, we were judged on we couldn't use a toothpick to, right. to line fruit up because the toothpick was inedible. So we had to find an edible wow. way to do right. that. But um, but trust me when I tell you, it's not always going to look like that. I find that there are certain trendy cookbooks that are only going to be in circulation for a little while. One yeah. of them, one of my favorites, and I can't remember the name of it, it might even be one of these, uh, was a famous bakery in New York City that cooked with the milk from cereal. Oh. Um, so they would put huh. cereal, like yep. Fruit Loops yeah. or Captain Crunch, let it sit for a while, yeah. drain the milk from that, and use it in their cake batter and cake recipes. Oh, I'm going to find out. It's a Japanese, it? it's something called Milfuti, foodie. I can't remember, but yeah. I will find out. And their cake's came out with this amazing taste no one had ever found out before and then they were discovered someone in their bakery said oh you know what they do they take like cocoa puffs so it was this chocolatey milk
0: That's but it
1: had a taste that was right out of this world yeah. so interestingly once they were found out then they wrote the cookbook right um i love things that are family like sisters that cook mm-hmm. together because they're always good stories and yeah. I always told my children, if we ever get a chance to write a cookbook together, Mm -hmm. it would be so fun to, you know, um, put in some of my Greek stories that I have with my um, grandmothers. Definitely. When I try to learn from them, and they always kind of let me... You know, watch and observe and help more than my mother because my mother didn't really like her kitchen to be messy, so she would let me, but she, yeah. you know, clean up after me. The same variety. She was very neat yeah. oriented, mm-hmm. but when I tried to um, write my grandmother's recipes down, they didn't speak English, so it would be like she'd say, "This jar," would be a right. Fred Flintstone jam jar of, and I'd have to take it out <sighs> right. and remeasure it, so. Right. But anyway, I want to promote our collection a little bit. For people that are listening that don't really realize what we have, yeah. um, we have everything that you could possibly imagine.
0: We, we really do. I mean, what, what, two, three, four aisles just to cookbooks?
1: It's so incredible. But besides that, my favorite place to go when I have a short break mm-hmm. or I've taken a walk outside is our new cookbooks. Yeah. So when you come up from the parking lot and go halfway up the long staircase to your left, just to your left mm-hmm. are the new cookbooks. It's like going to a museum every week and seeing what they put out, and that's where you're going to find the latest trends, the you know the coolest cookbooks. The one mm-hmm. I grabbed today was crazy about cookies. And No, the brownie one, excuse me. Mm. Even better brownies. Yeah. This takes brownies to a new level. As we all know, everybody's putting salt on uh, sweet things yep. and um, cream cheese and everything and caramel mm. on everything. So if you have a really good basic recipe, check out one of these cookbooks right. that starts with your item and takes it over the top. Because yeah. that's a lot of fun. And
0: we do we do have a lot of cookbooks like that. Certainly for brownies. I've seen a lot lately for for pie and for sourdough bread. I feel like both of those yes. things have kind of been hot lately where it's like, you know, cookbooks full of all sorts of very elaborate pies or, you know, pieology Piology
1: like, is yes, one of them. That's one of
0: them. And uh because I maintain that that display of the new cookbooks. Yeah. Um and I feel like from like last November or so there was like There were several books we had on like fancy pies, Mm -hmm. and sourdough breads, not together.
1: No, no, I know what you mean.
0: Separately, I think you know for anything. I mean, we have whole cookbooks about cooking with strawberries, cooking with apples. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, you sort of think, okay, I can imagine a whole cookbook about soups or about pastas, but it's not just no, no, and and pick up one of those books because
1: just artistically, it it Mm -hmm. just so happens that I'm a quilter too, and when you see these books with the food styled in them, you'll pick up uh, ideas for color and Mm -hmm. inspiration on another art project. Um, I I will say you'll sometimes see a trend or an idea on Pinterest that somebody takes or they'll put it on Facebook. I'm not really on very often, but... When you see that and it gets popular, you'll you'll see a cookbook come out shortly after or something from Instagram right. or social media or whatever. And the one of the newest things recently has been these charcuterie boards yes. or you can see them at, at showers and mm-hmm. cupcakes is another new thing. So a charcuterie board really is a finished piece of any kind of wood that's serve safe or, or yeah. perfectly You know ready to put food on but if you're having company and i don't know why people haven't thought of this before the greeks have a word for this we've Mm -hmm. been doing it forever it's called mesodakia and it means put out a little bit of everything like some of this and that and it's how we've always eaten Mm -hmm. olives feta cheese celery cucumbers and we didn't do it nicely like that but that's what a charcuterie board is cheese olives some meats some uh crackers But people have taken charcuterie to a whole new level. And it is inspiring to eat with your eyes like that. But you could clean your refrigerator out with a few (laughs) ideas from some of these cookbooks. And now, like with the cherry tomatoes coming, some zucchini, Mm -hmm. and um, you could could really entertain a lot. This is cooking season, by the way, coming up. And, you know, I don't want to think that we're going to be home or or whatever, but weekends right. are, is the perfect time to get your family together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one tip I'll share. I think it's a lot of fun. I used to take the kids in the kitchen, put some chicken stock on. If I didn't have it already made, there's mm-hmm. perfectly good stock that you can buy yeah. or or good quality chicken bases. And again, clean out my refrigerator. I'd yeah. have onions, carrots, right. celery, zucchini, whatever. Let them chop what they could with a safe knife. Let them Mm -hmm. help me. We put it all in there. Do you have a little corn in the freezer? Are there some peas? So now you have this big thing of soup. Yeah. I knew that lentils were full of iron. I knew my kids Mm -hmm. wouldn't eat the gray lentils. They would hate them. So we found red lentils or purple lentils or yellow split peas. They went in there. So now there's this big colorful pot of something that looks great, and they helped me with it. And they're going to eat it, and they're going to have Such good stuff in their bellies. Then, when the immersion blender came out,
0: Mm, I love the immersion blender. The
1: next night, you take that and you put that in your soup bowl, and they think they're having something totally different. (laughs) You can put that in a little sourdough bowl, and you can. So, for pennies on the dollar, you've had a vegetable Mm -hmm.
0: soup, then you have a cream soup, and that, you know, so. And actually, on that note, I'll mention that. Uh, we also have specifically a section for money and time-saving cooking. That's yeah, what, that's hugely what the important. Like heading for it is six forty-one point five five five. We put a lot of stuff in there. That includes make-ahead stuff that you make and freeze. You know, five ingredients or less stuff that can be prepared in thirty minutes or less. So even if you don't have a lot of time, or you and you'll also get your cookbooks. There are cookbooks that specifically focus on, like, you know, one meal many ways. Like I cataloged right. one recently, and it's like, okay, you make this meal. Now, like, you know, and then it sort of showed, like, how you can transform it into a couple of different leftovers yeah. so that, you know, you're not wasting food. But it, right. it feels a little different. It doesn't feel like you're eating the same thing. This feel like a leftover. thing
1: Exactly. Over and over. I, I think parents don't give themselves enough credit for... Um, or or they don't have the confidence mm-hmm. in putting something in front of their family that um, they'll appreciate. I think it's all in the delivery. Mm-hmm. I remember having a, um, a, a an instructor at cooking school once, a couple of things that they said really stuck with me. One of them was, uh, I raised my hand once and said, well, how do you know, how long do they stay in the oven? I was so green at that mm-hmm. time. And, they, and he looked at me and he said, until they're done. So I thought, okay, that's a good way to show that I'm not a seasoned chef. Mm. And also, you know, if something doesn't come out right, you make a cookie that's a little dry or whatever, you want to mm-hmm. not waste them, get, not get rid of them. You present it to your family or company by saying, this is a biscuit. It, it, they're supposed to be a little dry so you can dunk them in your yep. cappuccino. Mm-hmm. And that's how good chefs... Were born. They never made anything that they they said was bad. Mm -hmm. They just told you how it was supposed to taste. Yeah, this slightly burnt taste is from this, you know, (laughs) fire roasted pit of mine. So never take responsibility. Uh, Just turn it a little.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think that's why Julia Child was so popular because she could she could make a mistake, but then kind of pick up and continue along.
1: And just kept going. Yeah, the confidence. Whoops. I know. know, Just.
0: Carry on, and, I know, and it, that's a very helpful attitude. That it, it, it really
1: things. is. Once anyway. you do it a few times, so as far as our magazine go, our magazines go, yep. we are so generous with the the gamut of magazines that we own, but um, a lot of them come from websites that people visit over and right. over again, and this All Recipes one
0: mm-hmm. is
1: one that a lot of people that are just starting to cook or. They must have seen some recipes on Facebook and other social media. So I'm not surprised that a magazine had come out. Yeah. But if you're a beginner cook and you want something simple or you want something that you know you can also get a tutorial for on social media, check out all recipes. Bon Appetit, tried and true. But I look at this as sort of um, (laughs) the Vogue magazine of... I'm going to look at Bon Appetit for presentation. I'm probably not going to cook a lot of recipes from it because they're a little on the high-end side, but fun to look at. It's
0: a great way to put it, the Vogue of Food Magazine. It is,
1: I think of it, but it's a standard. Food Network Magazine, a lot of fun because they uh, highlight a lot of your celebrity chefs that you see on TV. And the good thing about it is if you can't remember the name of the chef or you saw something on the Food Network um pick up the magazine. Somewhere in it you'll find yeah. something that will lead you to what you saw. Food and Wine is similar to Bon Appétit, a lot more wine in this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Good
1: Housekeeping, it's it's cute. It reminds me of my mom, but there's yeah. always something in there. And the good thing about Good Housekeeping is they really do have a good research team and yeah. if there's if they put a recipe in here, it's not going to have an ingredient in it that is not a good ingredient or good for you right cooks illustrated let's talk about cooks illustrated i always
0: love the illustration on the back i don't think i've ever once made a cooks illustrated (laughs) recipe but i do i do like that back cover illustration it's (laughs)
1: very good i will tell you this i would not start with this magazine as good as it is and as complete as their research is Mm -hmm. this is like what i would call block a of the culinary institute it's it's demanding of the amateur. I would keep this for, it, it should say, I would rename this Chef's Illustrated. Mm. I think you yeah. almost need to be a chef to appreciate this. Mm-hmm. So stay away from that one if you're an absolute amateur. Cook's country, little different. A little uh-huh. bit different. A um, little bit easier. Yeah. So, Martha Stewart, like I said, what I like about her is her seasonal recipes,
0: Mm. um,
1: there's a lot more lifestyle in them, but Mm. um, definitely, definitely fun. This one has make-your-own-pop-tarts, which I thought was adorable. Yeah. Just use pie crust, but anyway, so that was good. And then... Um, these are my, The Pioneer Woman. Mm. She has vaulted to, yeah.
0: Um, another as seen on TV. Category. As seen on TV. Yeah. Um, she
1: has
0: cookbooks too.
1: She has cookbooks. And she has she's a, a TV show. show. She's a mercantile. Mm-hmm. She's, she's hugely famous and very likable. The one thing about her that will appeal to n- new cooks and mothers mm-hmm. and people that are on a budget is she's unapologetic about using shortcuts. Yep. Like uh, Jimmy Dean sausage, she'll squirt mm-hmm. it right out of the casing. Yep. She'll take frozen uh, things, mm-hmm. and she does it quick and easy. Yep. The bad thing about her is her food is completely unhealthy. <laughs> it is the most unhealthy food, which is probably why she's always going, yum, this is so good. Uh, yeah. There is so much sour cream and Monterey Jack cheese and butter mm-hmm. in every single recipe, but yeah. uh, a lot of fun. And um, what's good about her stuff is if you see... If you read about something in the magazine, mm-hmm. usually you can watch it on YouTube right. or find it somewhere.
0: Right. Uh, you know, that kind of reminds me, minus the YouTube part of, like, Taste of Home.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh,
0: which, I don't know if we have I a magazine I don't know here. if it's, I know used we used to. I know we have a variety of their cookbooks. Yep. Um, they do they do put out cookbooks. Unfortunately, they're usually in, like, a three-ring binder mm-hmm. sort of format, which I don't personally love because mm-hmm. they don't sit on the shelf nicely. No. Because, but we do have their cookbooks. And... I they don't always work super well for me because they almost all of the recipes from them center on meat. However, yeah. right, guarantee you like almost any recipe of theirs, you already have the stuff in the cabinet. Exactly. And they also have no problem calling for canned, you know, canned vegetables. You know, or other things that are not pre-made, but like mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to do all the prep yourself. Like exactly. you're saying, you know, just just as healthy, but right. it's, there's a shortcut to it. You know, exactly. You don't have to actually go and buy fresh corn and right. cut it off. The no,
1: farm. no, no. You can
0: get a, of you know, course. and and I think if you stop and think about that, it's odd, yes, but sometimes you won't get overwhelmed. seeing it written down like that is very helpful to know that, like, oh right, I don't, I don't. You know, you, you can make it as difficult as right, you want to, right. but you can you know if the recipe does call for fresh for fresh kernels of corn, you could substitute a exactly. can. But but sometimes just starting with something like Taste of Home where it I where it just goes ahead and tells you like, use the frozen vegetables, yep, yep. use the canned, you know, vegetables, you know, whatever it is, like you don't have to do all that prep yourself. Well, and I think that, that makes it very approachable. And like I said, Taste of Home you yeah. have the stuff in your kitchen. You do. There's you no do because it's from home cook
1: If you're going to make chicken pot pie and you've you know you've boiled the chicken and you made the the broth mm-hmm. and the um you know the stock and everything, yeah. you can throw the carrots and peas from the frozen bag mm-hmm. in there because what you're tasting is the chicken yeah. and the pastry yeah. and everything. So you're absolutely right about that. What what you put on the table. And this is a good way to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. If you've made it and your family smelled it, and this is the one thing, I I mean, we don't eat a lot of takeout food in my house because we enjoy cooking. To me, it's not a challenge or Mm -hmm. a burden or a um, a task. It is when I don't have any time or I haven't gone to the store if it's raining Mm -hmm. out and I really don't want to. And I like pizza just like everyone else. It's probably one of my favorite things to eat. Yes. I do like to make homemade pizza dough if I have Same, all day yeah. and yeah. my family's coming and I want to but I also like pizza from anywhere and yeah. I like frozen pizza. Yeah. I I'll have that with a big homemade green spinach salad. Mm-hmm. As but, a side
0: note, I have a pizza dough recipe that you can actually make up in the morning and leave to rise in the fridge all day. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect for work days. It's perfect because for work Because then days. you get home and you just take the dough out of the fridge and you can, you know, I mean, it's still, you know, it yeah. still takes some time to put yep. together, but at least you're not just sitting there waiting for the dough to rise. Well, I think that
1: the biggest few things I learned as a young person was that food is love and I mm-hmm. highly believe that. It's also that you eat with your eyes and with your nose. And yeah. when you smell something cooking, when my kids come to visit mm. me, they'll say things like, it smells good in here. And I say, I didn't cook today. I cooked yesterday. Yeah, But they still smell it. Absolutely. It doesn't smell like a candle or right. it smells like love. Yeah. And whatever you make, even if it's a three-ingredient mm-hmm. thing... But I hope that people, I hope the trend goes back to not just to help the planet, Mm -hmm. help our budget, but help children learn where food comes from and what we do to prepare it. I did a little, um, I used to go into my kids' classrooms and teach them a few things because home economics started to go away. And it made Mm -hmm. me sad because I really feel like, Besides my cultural background, I was inspired to cook because I, t- I made muffins in school yeah. and I brought one home and I loved the kitchen. and, But I, I said to my daughter's class, now we're going to make mashed potatoes. Who knows how to do that? Who knows where, they, where they're where they from? Their kids were in like first grade and they said, when you take the potatoes out of the refrigerator, you have to cut the hole in the plastic before you put them in the microwave or they'll go all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I really think he thought that the potato came from right, came from the there. plastic bags. and and the I said, "No, this is where it starts." Yeah. And then you peel it, and I, he was—he didn't know that. Yeah. So, if you know, there are a few things your kids need to know. They need to know how to scramble an egg, yes. boil a potato. Mm-hmm. They'll never be hungry if they know a few things. Exactly.
0: And right. um, I mean, anyone can make pasta. Right. Like, it's just not that hard.
1: And I wish we had a kitchen here. I wish we could mm-hmm. do a few little things yeah. because I feel like there are some libraries that mm-hmm. are doing things like that. Yep. But the whole um, Board of Health thing is not easy, too. No,
0: no and at this point, our building just isn't. Physically it's not equipped for it, that. but you never know.
1: Yeah, it they're, could happen.
0: Places of learning, so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you know, what better thing to learn than how to nourish yourself? Exactly, and your family. Mm-hmm. And your
1: family. It does bring people together. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I want to just say, and I and I mean this wholeheartedly, if anybody is in the library and they're looking for a recipe or they they want to. Uh, help searching the cookbook shelves or, or a good cookbook for pies or whatever certainly um, on level two and they can come up and visit and ask for me I'd love to help them select
0: one Excellent.
1: we have um, a, a friend's book sale coming mm-hmm. up at the end of the month yeah and One tip about that, we do always have cookbooks that are really reasonable. And it's probably the kind of book that I'll buy a lot because you can write on it. You can splash on it. And that's a good way to support the Mm -hmm. friends. But often in our friends' book sales, we'll find um, cookbooks from churches and school PTA sales. And those have Mm -hmm. the most fun recipes in them. And again,
0: accessible recipes because they're submitted by... Your typical home cook. Exactly. You
1: know? Like you, Nana's, um, right. Nana's pork roast or something. Exactly. So have fun at our book sale if you want mm-hmm. to pick some of those up. And um, don't forget our, our you know, new book displays and our magazines. Mm-hmm. And Overdrive, we have yep. them on.
0: There are, there are some cookbooks in Overdrive, which um, you might also magazines know about Libby if you use the app. Yes, also magazines in Overdrive or Libby. Um, which I haven't
1: used yet, but I imagine you put your iPad in your kitchen mm -hmm. and um, get the recipe right from there. You
0: absolutely could. Although, you know, I agree. I, I still like to have the, I, I do a lot of eBooks, but I like to have the physical cookbook rather than cooking online because then I have, you don't have to keep tapping. (laughs) Yeah. And I have a record of what I've done and if it's, if it's a book that I own, I will always write, write in the book if I make any modifications. Yeah, it's true. Um, You know, you'll make the recipe once, and you think, oh, that was pretty good, but, like, you know, gee, it wasn't quite salty enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to increase yeah, the exactly. soy sauce it called for next oh, time. Yeah. Or, like, oh, you know, this was good, but it was a little bit too sweet. Like, next time, let me reduce the sugar by a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be, I find that I often... Like I have I have at home a bread machine cookbook. I have an old bread machine that oh, used to be my wow. hands. This cookbook is copyrighted nineteen ninety seven. But for whatever reason, the, this cookbook seems to be calibrated to a slightly larger bread machine oh, than interesting. mine. Is. Not all of the recipes though. Some of the recipes That's are weird. fine. Yeah, it is weird. Some of them you know, I know if I put more than three and a half cups of dry ingredients in my bread machine, it okay. is gonna it's going to be too much. It's going to hit the ceiling, and then oh. kind of deflates. And so it's great because since I own the cookbook, I can do the math. Yeah, it's true. And I can just cross out the yep. quantities and write in the appropriate amounts. And I don't have to do that. I you agree. know, you do it once, and then you're I good agree. to go. Um, yeah. which is nice, you know. But also, if you're using our cookbooks, you find a recipe you like. Make a photocopy. Exactly. how photocopier is here. It's yeah. 10 cents a page for a black and white copy. And then exactly. you can make your, you know, you can make your adjustments.
1: No, for sure. And I think, you know, it's, it's nice to get the online mm-hmm. uh, and YouTube tutorials. Definitely. Especially if you want to learn how to fold an ingredient and fold mm-hmm. egg whites in or turn a right. dough to, um, you know, to get the gluten going in right. a bread dough. So definitely do that, right. if, especially before you're going to invest in a lot of ingredients. Learn the method first mm-hmm. by watching a tutorial. Yeah. Because if someone says you're going to put 12 egg whites in a chiffon cake, the most important thing is incorporating those slowly.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, you can't have any yolk in that or it'll flatten the whites. So if you're doing something complicated, I would recommend watching a video first. Definitely.
0: And it can be, you know, I think what you've been kind of saying is, like, it can be a combo. It doesn't have to be, no, like, just online or no. just a cookbook. Like, you know, these are all things at your disposal. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. I just visited um, a farm stand because yeah. I didn't want to go to an apple orchard because I didn't have my kids with me. And I mm-hmm. knew it would be crowded. And I want to take the grandkids sometime. But yeah. the farm stand I went to happened to get their apples from the orchard I was going to go to. and uh-huh. I bought a big bag of them. Yeah. Because it's apple crisp time, yes, and it is. I people go, "Oh, do you have a good recipe for apple crisp?" And I say, "We just peel the apples, put them in the baking mm-hmm. dish, make a crumble." Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I go, "I should really be more careful because not everybody knows how much brown sugar." But when right. you find, um, if you want to make apple crisp, say, and yeah. you go online because you can't remember your where your cook it is, find three or four recipes, and if go with the one where the majority says half a cup of butter to three quarters of a cup of sugar and one cup of flour and whatever the average is for most Mm -hmm. of them and then for the spices if one says half a teaspoon of nutmeg and a teaspoon of cinnamon but you don't like nutmeg that much put a pinch of cloves in there Mm -hmm. or be adventurous make it a little different next time yep nothing that i make tastes the same every time I just like adventure in the kitchen, so... I
0: I agree specifically with the advice about, you know, if you want to make something, look at a few different things online and Mm -hmm. kind of see what are the commonalities and where does it emerge. And probably the things that they're all saying, like, that's probably the sort of essential part, like... You can't really... Oh, there's
1: chemistry yeah, involved, right. too.
0: But then the parts where they differ, that's where you can... Especially if you're nervous about experimenting, yeah. which I tend to be in the kitchen. Um, you know, I'll look at a few different recipes, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, oh, and that kind of gives me the courage to say, okay, this is the part that clearly needs to be this way because everyone does it this way. And these are the parts where I can experiment right, because right. everyone seems to do these parts a little bit differently. And True. so that's, that's a good way for me to know, like, what which parts of the recipe can I experiment with without going so far off the rails right. that I've created something that's inedible? Well, I kind of say to
1: people sometimes cooking is an art and baking is a science.
0: Yeah,
1: and you 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 know you can't really fool around with baking because not a it, whole lot. Not a lot, but you can experiment with extracts and right. spices mm-hmm. because that's not going to change the chemistry. Right. But with cooking, you can really get um, experimental. Yeah. This year, for the first time, I made my own vanilla with vanilla Ooh. pods and vodka, believe mm. it or not. Yep. But yeah. I don't think it steeped quite long enough. And I made my uh, husband and grandson a little frap, mm. and I put my homemade vanilla in it. He took one sip and kind of spit it out. I think you could taste the alcohol a little <laughs> bit in it. I wasn't sure how much I put in, but... Those kinds of things are fun. Um, You know, the more you get into it, the Mm -hmm. more you can experiment. Absolutely. um, Baking is my my thing. It's sad now that it's just my husband and me because he'll say, well, who are you baking those for? I'm trying to watch what I eat. I say, well, don't eat them. I (laughs) will give them to the neighbors. But it isn't as much fun as when the neighborhood kids are around. Mm But you can freeze almost everything. I tell people you really can't freeze cheesecake. You really can't freeze mayonnaise or cucumbers or lettuce. Right. But almost any cake or cookie or Mm -hmm. pie or most things can be frozen. And The batter
0: can be frozen. The batter can, the bread, the
1: dough. Mm -hmm. So
0: have some fun with it, you know. Mm -hmm. Often, anyway. Yeah, often I'll like to make a big batch and then freeze, you know, freeze half of it. Freeze half the dough. Yeah, yeah. It's really,
1: so this is a good time of year for me yes. to um, talk about that. But like I said, I'm always happy to, um, even if somebody ever wanted to email me a question about a recipe, yeah. it's vmurphy at mhl.org, and nothing I would like better than to answer a cooking question.
0: Excellent. Well, I hope someone hears that and takes you yeah. up on it. Really, that's a totally lot beautiful. of fun. We're here to be a resource. Exactly. Um, it really is so true. Yeah. If you're listening and you want to email Vicki again, her email directly is Z, as in Vicki, Murphy at MHL.org. If you have general questions or comments about the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us at our desk, that's R is in reference, desk at MHL.org. Um, I think that, that really leads us right into our wrap-up. So I will add that obviously if you're listening, you have found this podcast somewhere you can find us on our website, mhl.org slash podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you want to rate, review, and subscribe, that's always appreciated. Uh, thank you, Vicki, for joining me today to talk about our cookbooks here. Thank you to Justin Termini for producing this podcast, and we hope you listen to us next time.
1: You're most welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>